everybody. Welcome back to Mothership Connection. I hope you're enjoying your uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode on 90s Thoughts. I enjoyed doing it. Um, upon re-listening to it, I definitely didn't touch on quite a few things I wanted to touch on, so I'll probably, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll um, do another 90s episode, or maybe I'll just add, try to go in and add, a, add some segments to the episode, maybe, um, if I can figure out how to do that. Uh, but thanks for listening. I know it's appreciated. Um, we're up to... 1,581 listens um, total for the podcast, um, which is nice. Thank you. I really, I, I truly, truly appreciate the uh, support. And the podcast is, I think, around on August, probably mid-August, it hit its two-year point. Um, so thanks. I, I, I like it. And thank you to whoever listened to Aubrey Plaza, because it is now at 50 listens. Um, so it is now the, fifth, the first episode to hit 50. Um, so that's exciting. Um, but today I'm going to do an episode, I'm going to start this little mini-series I'm going to do on uh, my favorite albums. Um, so I'll take my favorite groups, and I'll just, you know, do my the album of theirs that I feel is my favorite. Um, I'll just, you know, I'm going to review the album, play every song off it, talk about it, talk about life, talk about whatever else. What's what's the uh, 30 Seconds of Mars album, Love, Lust, and Faith? So yeah, I'll talk about life, love, lust, and faith. That's what's on the menu. Um, the menu, by the way, is the dirtiest thing in a restaurant, just so you know. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening to the 90s episode, and like I said, I might do, a, I might add some segments to it if I can figure that out, which I'm sure I could. It would just take like five minutes of research to f- figure out how to do that. Uh, but today's going to be the part one of the mini, the, which will be a, uh, ongoing mini-series within the podcast of, um, you know, like I said, just I'll pick pick my favorite bands and pick my favorite album of theirs and just talk about it and see where it takes us. But oh yeah, so thanks for listening and let's get into it. I don't know, let's go. Hey, welcome back, goblins and ghouls and ladles and jelly spoons and whatever else you want to call it. Ketchup and mustard. Um, yeah, but yeah, hey, we're going to do the, uh, first episode of this mini-series of where I'm going to take my, uh, favorite bands and talk about my favorite albums by those bands. Um, I got a lot of more music episodes coming down the pipe, um, and a lot more movies and TV and everything. Uh, like I said, I really want to try to do at least one or two episodes a week. Um, you know, try to get that shit done. Uh, but yeah, so there'll, there'll be stuff coming down the pipe. There's so many... So many bands I want to do, um, some more shows I want to do, um, you know, want to do some episodes of conspiracy theories and stuff coming up. Um, so if you want to be on an episode, just hit me up, you know where to find me, um, and I will oblige, you know. So yeah, so I, I'm sure you can guess, you know, I'm, not, I'm sure you're not sitting there being like, oh, what's that rascal Garrett going to pick first? Um, so I'm going to pick my favorite album of all time by anybody by my favorite band of all time. So, part one of this, let's probably be a, I don't know, eight-part series? Eight? No, let's say ten. I think I can do ten. Um, where I'm picking the favorite albums by my favorite bands. Um, I think ten. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to put a number on it. I'll just do as many as I'm able to. Um, so that would be five. <laughs> Cause I know that I'm not gonna go back and do like my favorite albums by classic rock groups. Cause you know what, just fucking put on VH1 or go on go on Rick Beato's YouTube channel and he'll probably have already done it. 
I'm not going to review... I'm not even going to review these albums. I'm just going to talk about how much I love them and play every song. But I'm not going to go back and be like, oh, I really love, you know, all this, you know, Division Bell, and I really love, you know, that Beatles album or that Van... You know, stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to go back and talk about an album that everyone already knows and there's not going to be any kind of surprises. Um, so, yeah, so it's kicking off the series. Um, length of the series to be determined. TBD. But, um... Yeah, so we're going to do my favorite album of all time by my favorite band of all time, which anyone that knows me knows what I'm going to say and what album I'm going to say. And if you don't know that about me, then shame on you. But, um, no, I'm not really into shaming people. I think that's, uh, I don't know. I think that's not very good. That's like when Kennywood has the shame, the whore parade every year. And they just have a bunch of girls dress up like Southern Bells. Um, and people throw crab apples at them. I always thought that that was pretty uh, was a pretty strange parade choice for Kennywood. Um, you have like some hick kid being like, "Oh, you Jezebel," and then throw an apple at the at the whore during the shame whore shame the whore parade. Um, I think like DV always like has it broadcasting live. It's like every October, it's like, "Hey, welcome to Kennywood's Shame the Whore Parade." Um, they also they also have like pies you can throw and stuff. It's look it up. It's it's probably out there somewhere. But no, we're going to do Blood Sugar Sex Magic, my favorite album of all time by anybody. Um, I literally listen to this album every week of my life, if not more than once. I never get sick of it. Uh, I think it's a masterpiece, and it's not just my bias. It's an it, nothing sounds like this album, and even they don't sound like this album. You know what I mean? Like this album is very for them. Like it was like an explosion of them moving from like. Novelty, no, I don't want to say novelty because that's not really right. But their first, like their first three albums with um, the original lineup, for the most part, the original lineup, it was it was more like a funk metal, funk rock type of deal. There wasn't like much attention paid to melodies or harmonies or songwriting. It was pretty much just like this is fun, funky, like upbeat, in your face fucking music. Um, you know, because, like, their first few albums, they had hits like Get Up and Dance and Fight Like a Brave and Jungle Man and Hollywood, which was a cover. Um, and they had Behind the Sun, which I love. But it's not the same feel. And then Mother's Milk wasn't the same feel, even though Mother's Milk, which came before Blood Sugar Sex, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, was the first album with John Frusciante on it. It still doesn't have the same feel. And Mother's Milk is a fantastic album. If you've never listened to Mother's Milk, I suggest you listen to it. It's great. But... Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, like, it was a unique sound, and, like, no other album has sounded this way, and even even their albums have not sounded this way since. Like, it was, it's really a shame that, like, John quit the band in the middle of this tour, because um, I really would have loved to see, like, what their follow-up album to this would have been had he not left the band. Because the follow-up album to Blood Sugar Sex Magic was the album with Dave Navarro playing guitar for them called One Hot Minute, which a lot of Chili Pepper fans don't like, but I personally think it's a good album. I really do. Um, Aeroplanes on there, Walkabouts on there, My Friends, Falling into Grace is fucking on there. Like, there's so many good songs in that album. I think people are Tearjerkers on there. Anthony Kiedis's Love Letter to Kurt Cobain is on there. But uh, so many people just dismiss it just because it's like, oh, Dave Navarro, where's John? It's like, dude, like, it's a fine album. It really is. But it's also like a, a what if, like. 
I really would have loved to have known like what the next album would have sounded like had like John not quit and like it was still John for the follow up album. <clears throat> that being said, one hot minute's great. People people just do the typical thing that people do and they just don't like it because it's different. Um, even the couple, even the two albums they did after John left the band for like the third time, when Josh Klinghoffer was the guitar player, those albums are good too. Uh, they just recently released like two B sides that were previously unreleased from the Getaway, which was their 2016 album with Josh, and both songs are really good. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think people people don't like change. Like that's a human fact of human nature. But like, give give the person a chance, you know. Um, it's not like Dave Navarro was like some unknown freak. I mean, he's a freak, but it's not like he was some unknown um, commodity that they wouldn't know anything about. Um, but it's a good album. Falling in the Grace and like Walk Walkabout's like one of my favorite all-time favorite Chili Pepper songs, and that's from the Dave Navarro stuff. They also did the cover for, of Lovely Roller Coaster for the Beavs and Butthead movie with him. Um, so I mean, it's fine. But people like at the shows and stuff, people would be like. Because there's a whole documentary about, like, the Dave Navarro. I don't even know if it's a documentary. It's, like, some DVD I have. <laughs> Remember, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there would be, like, DVD, weird, like, random DVDs that would come out. And it's, like, the story of this or the real story of this. And it's, like, always, like, some really low production DVD with, like, the same three or four concert clips just playing. <clears throat> um, but people were literally, like, hold up signs being, like, where's John during the concert? And, like, scream at Dave Navarro and be, like, fuck you, man. How dare you, like, make sure the band keeps going? <laughs> you know, it's just like there's, there's the kind of people that, like, get really mad, like, if a band that they like becomes popular. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, there's that special feeling you get when, like, you know a band before they get big. But at the same time, like, people will, will hate on bands for, like, um, getting big or popular. It's like, what, what do you want them to fucking do? Oh, this is mine. This is my band that I thought of, and no one else should even know about them. Oh. That that's just another arm of people's un, insatiable desire to feel important, and it's like, dude, you might think that you're like some cutting edge, found out about a band person, but guess what? There's like a million people like you, that did the same thing. You know what I mean? And you should be happy. Like sharing music with people is one of my favorite things to do. Sharing music with somebody is like a fucking, it's a form of love. Yeah, it really is. You know what I mean? You find a song and it's like, oh, I'm going to share this with this person because it's fucking awesome. Shouldn't be like, I'm going to keep all the songs for myself. Nobody's going to hear the songs. You don't get to listen to my songs. You know? And they take a big bite out of a fucking, like, caramel apple or something. You know? It's fucking stupid. Um, but I, I probably already said some of these facts when I did the, uh, the Chili Pepper episode, but I'm going to go over them again. Um, this album came out in 1991. Um... Fun fact, it came out the same, this album, Nevermind by Nirvana and Bad Motorfinger by Soundgarden, all came out on the same day. Um, which is pretty fucking crazy. It sold 15 million copies worldwide so far. You know, it's a lot. That's a lot of fucking albums. Um, you know, it spurred what? Six, one, two, three, four, five, six, six singles off the album, which is crazy. And then if you count Soul to Squeeze, which is the B-side, but they left it off the album because the record label wanted it to be on the Conehead soundtrack. Um, so if you count Soul to Squeeze, which would have been on the album anyway, that's like, what, seven hits? Seven radio singles off one fucking album? Like, that's 
That's unheard of. You know what I mean? Um, and it was produced by Rick Rubin, who's done all their albums with the exception of... Uh, done all their albums since this, with the exception of The Getaway in 2016, where they had Danger Mouse do it, and it was just... They didn't have a good experience. They just didn't like it. Um, but Rick Rubin's done... And Brendan O'Brien... If you don't know, Brendan O'Brien's been involved in, like, every song you've ever liked. <laughs> He's produced so many great uh, albums and been a part of so many great albums. So with that, with that duo doing shit, like, there's no way this album could fail. And it didn't. Um, and fun fact, too, is they actually recorded the album in the mansion that Harry Houdini lived in. Um, I don't know the significance of that, uh, but they cut themselves off from friends, family, everything. And there wasn't, you know, the age of fucking technology, so they didn't have to worry about somebody texting them while they're recording. Um, Chad Smith would leave every night to go be with his wife because she was pregnant and she was, you know, like, hey, I'm fucking pregnant. I'm on the nest, Chad. Are you with child? It's always funny to ask a pregnant woman, are you are you with child? Are you on the nest? <laughs> Babe's on the nest. Hey, babe, you're on the nest. Um, so, yeah, so that's just a few fun facts. But, I mean, 15 million albums, like, that's fucking crazy. It's nuts. That's nuts. What do you do when you want some planners? That's nuts. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to get into it. Like I said, this is my favorite album by anybody. Um, and when I do these, like, there's, of course I love Californication. Of course I love By the Way. Of course I love Mother's Milk. Of course I love Stadium Arcadium. Um, you know, I like the new one they had this year, Limited Love. But it was a little too mellow, I think, for them. But they also have another album coming out October 14th called um, Return of the Dream Canteen. Um, so with that name, and considering how funky the first single was, um, the first single was called Tip of My Tongue. I'm hoping it'll be more of like a uh, Stadium Arcadium feel to it. Because um, Stadium Arcadium is a great double album. It's fucking awesome. Um, it really is. It's hard to believe it came out in 2006. Like, seriously. Can you believe that Danny California is 16 years old? That's fucking insane. Snow is 16 years old. Like, it's nuts. There's some kid that was, some kids just now getting their license that was born when that album came out. Fucking crazy. It came out on May 9th, 2006. I always remember that. Because it was the day after my birthday and I had to go get my license renewed. <laughs> and I was driving to the place, driving to the DMV, listening to that album. Um, and it, it stayed in my car because it was still the dates of CD players. So it stayed in my car for like three months. I would switch between both discs. It was a double album. So you had to. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so that, it, that, that was it. But Blood Sugar Sex Magic, um, there's so many great songs in this album. We'll, we'll talk about them. Or I'll talk about them. You'll listen. That's usually how this thing, this thing works. How do I work this? This is not my house. This is not my beautiful wife. Um, so yeah, so we're going to get into it. Um, it's 17 tracks, although I'm, there, I'm, I'm actually not going to play one of the tracks. I'm not going to play the one track that's called They're Red Hot. Um, the story behind that is it's a stupid like one-minute acoustic song um, where it's just like kind of like a joke song. Because uh, the record label was like, hey, can you guys put like another acoustic song on the album? And so they were like, oh, sure, and just did, like, the stupid, like, hey, fuck you song. Um, but the real track, the, it was track 16 on the album. But the real um, track 16 was supposed to be Soul to Squeeze. But like I said, minutes ago, um, the record label wanted that to be on the Conehead soundtrack instead. 
And so they put it on Coneheads. And the video, Solar Squeeze is like one of my favorite songs ever. Um, I probably said this before, but at my funeral, you guys better fucking play that song. And everyone better fucking listen. <laughs> um, no, but it's just a great, it's a great fucking song. The video is real sad. It's like Chris, it's in black and white and Chris Farley's in it. And it's just, uh, it's a really like somber video. Um, it's, it's like a black and white video and it's like, it's like all the freaks and the freak show at the circus. Um, but it's, it's a great song. But so for the purpose of this episode, cause I'm not going to talk about their red hot cause it's just like a joke song. Um, so the purpose of not, not the purpose of this video, it's not video. I would never do a, a video podcast. You know, people would just fall in love with me if they saw me on screen all fucking day. You know, can you imagine staring at me for an hour? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So for the purpose of this recording, this podcast, this audio, um, track 16 will be replaced by Soul to Squeeze as that is the way it was meant to be. Um, so the first song we're going to get to is one of the singles. Um, this song is a great song. Love it. Which I'm going to say about every song in this fucking album. You know, because like I said, I like those other albums. It's, just, it's hard to choose, but this is like, this album has been like, like I said, I listen to it like every once or twice a week, every week of my life. Like this album has such special fucking meaning to me. Like it's gotten me through a lot of weird times and it's just a great fucking album. You know, every aspect, like all the guitar work, the bass work, the drums, the you know, piano in the background, the Anthony Kiedis sounds great. Like it's just a good album. Um, so we're going to start off with the song uh, Power of Equality, which is track one off of 1991's Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And away we go. is track one power of equality off of 1991's blood sugar sex magic i'm at a slide i love this song i love the guitar in it the bass line in this is sick chad smith's drums are always great on like all their stuff uh, i think that gets overlooked a lot um i hate jimmy fallon but i did like whenever him and will ferrell did their drum off on jimmy fallon's show uh that was pretty good if you ever want to youtube that it was quite the delightful romp you know Really got your cinnamon burning. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's track one, Power of Equality. Uh, great song. Uh, the next song is track two, as you might have guessed it would be. Um, and it is called If You Have to Ask.
So that was track two. Uh, it's called If You Have to Ask. And that song has an amazing bridge in it and a great solo. Um, I suggest you check it out. Um, it's, a, it's a great fucking song. The bass line is sick. Um, it's just awesome. You know what I mean? And this whole album, it's called Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So, like, pretty much every song in the album is talking about, you know, sex and passion and fucking banging people. But it's like, it's, it's a great album. I love it. Um, th this was also a single. So, Power of Equality was a single. If You Have to Ask was a single. The next song, Breaking the Girl, which is an amazing song. Um, and if you read Anthony Kiedis' book from 2004 called Scar Tissue, um, a lot of the songs, a lot of the meanings of these songs are in that book. So if you have time, check that book out. It's I wish he'd uh, update it since, you know, it's, what, 18 years old now? So I'm sure there's 18 years of life that he could add to his uh, memoir. Writing my memoir. Writing my memoir. But, um, so yeah, so that, these are, these are singles in the next track. Breaking the Girl was also a single. Um, this, like I said, this song has a great bridge and the solo is really cool. Um, so yeah, check, check that part of it out. And a couple of the songs I'll try to like go in and get the places in the song that have like a, a cool thing to it. <laughs> a cool thing to it. But, uh, so yeah, that was If You Have to Ask. And the next track here, this is going to be Breaking the Girl. I'm sure you've all heard this before, but... It's okay. It's a great song. She was a girl cut from the yard. was a snippet of Breaking the Girl off Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, it's a great song, sad song. Um, it's about his girlfriend that when they were younger, probably 15 or 16, um, where she's, her family just like suddenly moved away out of nowhere. Um, and it just kind of broke his heart. And that's, you know, that's the meaning of the song there. And it was kind of like, you know, him reminiscing about them banging. Um, saying that they were the, the tools of lives rearranged because her family moved a lot. His dad moved him around constantly. So that's what that song is about. It's a nice, it's a nice song, and it also has a great breakdown. Um, Chad, the drums in that song are boom, chicka chicka boom, 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 are awesome. Um, I don't know the name of the instrument that's actually doing like the one little part, but it's cool. Um, but it's a, it's a great song. Uh, classic song. 
It's just, this album, like, honestly, and you can make fun of me if you want, I don't care. This album is fucking amazing. It is. It's, it's my favorite of all time. You ever want to make me happy, just be like, hey, you want to listen to Blood Sugar Sex Magic and get some buffalo chicken dip and have some raspberry iced tea? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, you want to fucking make Garrett happy, do that. That's, I'll, I'm always up to listen to this album. I always am. And, uh, yeah, so the next song is Funky Monks. Um, by the way, there's a DVD documentary they did when they made this album um, called Funky Monks. And I think IFC, I've seen it play on IFC before, and I want to say I've seen it on Vice before. Um, but it's a good thing. It's not, like, the greatest thing. Um, but it's a cool, like, insight into the album and everything. And it's just, it's all in black and white for whatever fucking reason. Oh, so noir. But, um, yeah, so it's, you know, it's it's not, like I said, it's not amazing. It's, it's definitely worth a watch, but it's not, like, some amazing masterpiece of a thing. But it's cool. But, yeah, the DVD's called, documentary's called Funky Monks. Um, I'm sure it's on, um, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I mean, what, what isn't on YouTube? Um, except for all my motherfucking hockey highlights, because that wasn't a, video recording wasn't as accessible as it is today. There's like six or seven goals from my playing days that I really wish were on video. Um, I'm sure most of you can guess one of the, one of the goals. That was like, that was like the perfect fucking night. <laughs> And I'm sure you can guess. Like, everybody was there. I scored this fantastic goal. I did this fucking fist bump. It was fucking awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was. I'm sure everybody remembers that. I hope they do. Um, ah, ah, who knows? It's, it's, my, like, it's my glory, so... I guess you can bask in my reflective glory. I just wanted to bask in your glory. Bask in your reflective glory. But, no, there's, like, yeah, like six or seven goals of mine I definitely wish were on video... Um, another triumph of mine was the, uh, um, work, the work dance, which two people know what that was. Uh, two people were involved in the filming of it. So they, then they both listened. So you know what I mean? That video being lost is like one of the biggest Amherst tragedies there ever was. <laughs> I don't even have the version of me doing it live. You know, when I did it at the, uh, what was it? The collage I do it at, um, where that weird girl got up on stage with, like, the jigsaw puzzle or something. Uh, I don't even have the live video of me doing it, but the, the original video of the work dance, um, which was me wearing the work mask, dancing the Cliffs of Dover in a suit. Um, it's like, that, honestly, if, I, if there was a genie and it gave me three wishes, I, one of the wishes would be, like, restore that video now. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, I want to see that forever. All Like, that entire, that entire VHS being... Lost and destroyed is like the worst. I never saw I never saw my performance in Sir Ruckus. I never saw my performance in um, whenever I was doing the uh, video for Zach's sister, um, sister's school project, or whatever. When I'm in the bathtub playing a ukulele, you never saw that. I never I, I'm in videos that I never even get to see. You know what I mean? Such a such a thing. <laughs> but I'm serious about it. I, I, oh, God. I, I, that, I really wish we still had that video of me doing the, the uh, dancing to Close to Dover in that mask and suit. Uh, but it's in a couple people's memories. So, like, oh, it can never even, it can never even be recreated because the conditions of that day can never be recreated. We were playing hockey for like 14 hours and then, like, and then decided to go film that. And, like, 
asked my dad to like leave the room so we could film it. Um, but that's one thing you should know is, you know, you can never create the same moment twice, no matter how much you try. Time is always in disguise. So always enjoy the moment and be in the moment and just have a good time. Don't be outcome based. Just let it flow and enjoy the moment. So like I said, time is always in disguise, buddy. But yeah, that was a great, that was a great day and a great fucking memory amongst a million great memories I have. Um, but yeah, so track four here we're going to play is Funky Monks. But this song is awesome. I'm going to play the first part of the song and I'm going to play the uh, solo because this is like one of my favorite solos ever. So here is um, Funky Monks, track four. part of the song and I'm gonna try to get to the solo because the solo is just such a fucking boner inducing eargasm here it is here it is Love that. That's like one of my favorite fucking solos ever. The breakdown's awesome. There's another breakdown after the verse comes back in to let the song go away. But I won't bore you with those. You can, you can. I mean, I would hope that you would go listen to this album whenever you, after you listen to this episode. If not, I didn't do my job of inspiring you. Oh, you're such a, such a young lad. I just need to inspire you to get me some grapes. Can you just go get me some grapes and just quit arguing with me, please? Um, so yeah, so that was Funky Monks, um, great song, love it, 
one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, next song is going to be my karaoke go-to, which is um, Suck My Kiss. And there's video of me somewhere on somebody's phone. It might even be, I might even have a copy of it on my Facebook, maybe. But I never log into Facebook, like, ever. Um, of me doing this at karaoke at Downey's house. Um, and unlike most karaoke people, I actually, I karaoke to solo, too. Um, so this is going to be Suck My Kiss. Love this song. Track five. When I'm sailing. When I'm sailing. that song like i said that's like one of my karaoke go-tos i love doing karaoke we should all we should all go do karaoke soon and i mean it i mean it um Edie, i mean it Edie, i mean <laughs> um i mean that's a little throwback to some uh, mad mech stuff there for you uh, uh, i mean uh. little uh yeah joe farkas action there for you but yeah, great, great song. Love it. There's also, I mean, there's a million, not a million, there's only 17 tracks, but they're all the solos in this album are, are great. And they're all different. And that's like the thing that's pretty cool. Um, and that's what I always like because Todd Whitner, who was the guitar player for uh, Tantric for the first couple albums and then he broke up. He would always make, he would always like go out of his way to do like a solo that wasn't just like normal and he can fucking rip and shred like crazy. Um, but he would always play like a cool solo. And I always, I always thought that was pretty cool. Because everybody that plays guitar can pretty much shred. I mean, you other guitar players out there listening to me, you know what I'm talking about. So to, to, to play like a unique sounding or like a actual like meaningful solo is much better than just shredding. And I wish I would have... Re I realized that a long time ago, but I wish I would have re realized that like a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, so the next track is one of my favorites. It's another... Uh, this is like a slower ballad song. And it's actually about Anthony Kiedis' short affair, or short fling, I should say, with Sinead fucking O'Connor, which is pretty weird. Um, but this one, too, I'll play like a little bit of the song. And then this, this solo, too, is like one of my favorite solos of all time. So like fucking heartfelt. So I'll play the solo, too. Uh, but this is track is I Could Have Lied. Track six.
So that's like the main part of the song. I'm going to try to get to the solo here. Um, you got to keep in mind, like when you're listening to this, these songs, John Frusciante was like 20 years old playing this shit. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's coming up in the second year, but it's nuts to think that he was like 20. Um, here it is. I love that solo so much. It really pulls at my heartstrings, you know? You know, bad? But it really does. All joking aside, I, I really love this fucking album, this, that song in particular. That opening line to that song is just, like, so relatable. It's fucking crazy. Um, relatable in so many different ways, but it's, like, it's just awesome. And uh, this next track, track seven, which is called Mellow Slip, Mellow Slip and Slinky Bee. Um... If you listen to DVE in the 90s, then you'll recognize this intro. Just 
Love that fucking song. That was Mellow Slip and Slinky B. So funky, so great. The solo in that song is awesome too. Um, it reminds the solo reminds me of the Flintstones for some reason. Um, and if you listen to the solo, you might get that little, you might get that, uh, um, might get that impression too. During the like the boom, ja boom, ja boom, ja boom, ja boom, ja part of the solo. For everybody, it reminds me of like uh, Barney Rubble's wife. Like, who is Judy? Betty? I don't know. The, the Barney Rubble's wife, not Wilma, the other one. Um, that was, there's a funny thing on Family Guy where like Peter and Lois are on the run, and the police do like a composite sketch of what like what they might look like. And this, the, the composite sketch is like Fred and Fred, Fred and Wilma Flintstone, and it's like a, it's like an attractive woman married to a fat man, but um, it's fucking funny. But the next song is going to be called "Righteous and Wicked." It's track eight. Um, also a banger, bang. Uh, righteous and the Wicked. I'm looking at you, Joel Osteen. Um, yeah, Joel Osteen's a fucking evil freak tranny. Joel Osteen's trans. Um, he is. He's a total fraud. He's trans, and he's a fucking creep. Um, and the guy that does the voice of Rick and Morty on Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland, there's a YouTube video of him on some podcast, and they prank call um, Joel Osteen's like mega church as Rick, and it's so fucking funny. Um, but he is. He's a fucking. He's trans. Joe Osteen's trans. Um, go, do you want to go real deep, deep, deep down the Hollywood rabbit hole? Um, go ahead and, you know, look into celebrity inverted gender fucking people. It's this whole big occult thing. I'm telling I know it sounds insane, but the evidence is overwhelming. Um, you know, overwhelming. But Joe Osteen's a fucking dick. He's a fucking creep. Um, and he should be investigated to the full extent of the law. He's a fucking asshole. Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. His real name is Joel. He's a fucking woman. Joel Osteen's a woman. Look it up. There's a lot of the, a lot of the celebrities are uh, not are opposite of what they think they are. Um, Jennifer Aniston's a man. Look it up. I'm telling you. I know it sounds fucking nuts. Look it up. All the evidence. They do all kind of forensics on the skull. 
the Q angle, the fucking everything. It's rampant. Oh, it's rampant. Once you see it, you can't unsee it on a lot of these celebs. And I know it sounds nuts, but do your own research. Be your own person. Um, be your own ass Jeeves, if you will. Um, but the next track will be, and everyone's heard this song, so I don't need to play too much of it. Uh, this was also a single. This is probably one of their biggest hits. Um, but this is uh, Give It Away, which you got to love Weird Al's version of this, Give It Away, which I wasn't even going to make that correlation, but Weird Al's version where it's, uh, when he, he does, it's off of Alapalooza, where he does Jurassic Park, is, and then he goes into, uh, or he does Under the Bridge, but it's like Jurassic Park, and then he goes into Give It Away, and it's about the Flintstones. But here's uh, track number nine, Give It Away. And I'm sure you've all heard this song, so won't play too much of it. So that's a little bit of give it away. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure every person in this world has heard that song. Even... The Ayatollah has heard it. Ayatollah Khomeini. But, um, so yeah, that's give it away. The song is about an orgy. The video is crazy, satanic, and weird. Um, so the next track will be track 10. Um, this is the title track of the album. The song is called Blood Sugar Sex Magic off the album Blood Sugar Sex Magic. The song is really sexy. There it is. Sexy. fucking wah pedal with that bass line is <laughs> so sexy and oh yeah there's a hot girl walking across the parking lot now <laughs> uh but yeah that's blood sugar sex magic it's a it's a song in the album probably not one of my favorite songs off the album but it is the title track so it has that going for it um it's actually pretty good but it's it's not doesn't stack up to most of them on the next one under the bridge Everyone knows this song. Great song. Uh, the guitar part during the verse is so fucking great. Oh, I love it. But here's Under the Bridge. And even though I'm sure you, most of you have heard it, I'm going to let it play a little bit. Because you know what? Why not? Under the Bridge. Red Hot Chili Peppers. 1991. Love this video. This is Anthony Keaton is running down the street. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I changed my mind. Sometimes I feel like Yo, Johnny Frank is the city I live in. The city of Yoda. Lonely as 
Yoder outer. <laughs> that girl was really pretty. Such a great, such a great song. Um, so, so it's just awesome. The guitar part during the verse is so, it's just so fucking smooth. Um, and of course, that song is about him almost getting murdered in a drug deal under the bridge. Um, but it's just such a great song. The video is cool. They're all dressed weird. Anthony Kiedis is just running down the street with his shirt off. Um, he likes to take his shirt off pretty quick when they, when you see them live. I, I so hope that they come here with John on this tour at some point. Because uh, I've never seen them with John. I have to. I've seen them with Josh Klinghoffer twice. I need to see them with John Frusciante once. Just once. See my favorite guitar player live. That's the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a great song. And like I said, everyone's heard that song. Um, there's a million versions of it. There's a fucking, there's a fucking lullaby version of it. There's like this thing on iTunes. It's like Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar. They do all kind of rock songs with like Twinkle Twinkle versions for kids. That's on there. You know what I mean? Plus, you'll hear that every time you're shopping somewhere. You know? You, that's when you know you made it, when your song's on the, in the grocery store. When someone's looking at deodorant and your song's on, that's when you know you made it. Um, so the next song, it's a, it's, it's a really cool song, too. Um, it's called Dance Under or Naked in the Rain. Love this song. Dr. Doolittle, what's your secret? Give it to me, doctor. Don't keep it. Losing my taste for the human race. Great fucking song, Naked in the Rain, track 12. Track 12, yeah, track 12, yeah, track 12. Um, the next song is my favorite song off the entire album. Um, this is track 13, this song is called Apache Rose Peacock, and this is my favorite song off this album. Track 13. 
That's a little snippet off of Apache Rose Peacock, which is my favorite song off this whole album. Um, probably my top five Chili Pepper songs of all time that I like. It's just so fucking funky, dude. It's funky, the lyrics are goofy, like, it's it's just fucking awesome. The guitar is great, the bass is so fucking... It's just a great song, I love it. Um, the next song I'm going to play is track 14, um, and this is the song, is the greeting song. So here we go, hello, the greeting song. Hello. Hello. That was the little snippet off the greeting song. Uh, that song has a really great um, bridge slash breakdown. Um, so I really, you should really listen to that song. <laughs> listen to the whole album, honestly. What are you waiting for? Listen to the album. You need to listen to the album. What are you waiting for? <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Hey, what are you waiting for? Listen to the album, huh? Listen to the album, huh? like some stupid fucking New York pizza guy. Well, oh, give me a Brooklyn slice. I want a Brooklyn slice. Fuck, fuck New York. Um, the next song I'm going to play is My Lovely Man. Uh, delightful romp. Track 15.
was a clip off of track 15, My Lovely Man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Not one of my favorites off the album, but I still like it a lot. Um, just in comparison to the other songs I like on the album, it's not really in, not really a high on my list. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, track 15. So now we're going to play Soul to Squeeze, as I'm substituting that for the actual track, um, They're Red Hot, because, like I said, it's like a joke acoustic song. Um, so we're going to play a clip here from Soul to Squeeze, probably one of my favorite songs of all time. And actually, now that I say probably, it's definitely in my top like 10 of all time by anybody um so here we go there's soul to squeeze hey Such a such a fucking beautiful song, honestly. That's that's one of those songs where like you're driving around and makes you think of that special somebody, and you know you think that oh how great it would be if they were thinking of you too when that song comes on, you know. So many there's I mean there's so many songs like that that everybody has for each other, and it's just like I don't know this song is just such like a powerful powerful special song, and it's just so fucking good. You know what I mean? Here's the fucking solo, you know what I mean? When, when they play it live, he plays a much better solo than this, but here's the album version. Lovely slide guitar. Lovely 
such a such a great solo and such a great song. The live solo, I have a DVD of them. It's live in France, I believe, from 2006. And the solo he John plays like in the live version of that is just so great. But this recorded version, I, lo I love any song where the solo, like the solo goes into a breakdown before it goes back into the verse. You know what I mean? Um, I love I love when songs do that. Um, it, it makes me feel like the band was really, really putting their effort into it. Um, there's an Incubus song called Six Sad Little World that has probably one of my favorite, probably my top ten favorite solos ever. But the solo, like, there's like four different parts of the solo. And then it goes into this big breakdown before it goes back um, into the uh, song. And it's just like so, so perfect. But that was a clip from Soul to Squeeze, which I said I this 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 was actually supposed to be on the actual album had it not been for the marketing for Coneheads. <laughs> um, but Coneheads is a really funny movie. You should go watch it sometime if you haven't seen it in a long time. Um, but the next song, final track, uh, this is probably one of my top five songs off this album. One of the strangest songs ever, in a good way. And this is Sir Psycho Sexy. Lo I love this fucking song.
love Sir Psycho Sexy. It's eight eight and a half minutes long, but I love it. Um, so that was like the main part and like the cool breakdown. And I love when he's just like, shoot, <laughs> goes into it. And then there's an awesome outro. Let me try to get to the outro here without being too annoying. Here's the, here's the outro. That's the outro to Sir Psycho Sexy and the outro to the album. Um, yeah, I just, I love that album so much. It's honestly my favorite, like, by anybody ever. Um, make fun of me if you want. Act like I'm being over-complimentary of the album. Whatever you want to say, it's fine. It's really fine, babe. Hey, babe, it's fine. It's really fine, babe. But, um, yeah, I love it. I hope you enjoyed uh, me playing it for you. Um, it's just good. I love it. Uh, I like it a lot. What's that from? Dumb and Dumber. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. As always, I always appreciate it. Um, the next episode I'll be doing is similar to this one. It'll be part two of this mini series. Although I think this episode is the closing out of season 15, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the next album I'll be doing is Crow Left of the Murder by Incubus. My favorite Incubus album. Um, so yes, let's get into, uh, let's get into it. Let's have a good last uh, part of the year. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, babe. But, yeah, thanks for listening. I really, I really appreciate it. I truly do. Um, and if you ever want to discuss the episode or be on an episode, uh, hit me up at MothershipCon5. Um, and when I say beyond the episode, I'm talking about people like that I know, not like ran, random people. Um, just because God knows what some random person will say. Might get me canceled in these uh, troubling times. Can I offer you an egg in these troubling times? <laughs> uh, that's a great Frank Reynolds thing from It's Always Sunny. But thanks for listening, and as always, uh, keep shaking those motherfucking knees. Bye.